judges us according to what we know. He's going to judge us according to what we know. You grow. You hear. You learn. It doesn't matter whether you believe it. Who cares if you believe it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It matters what the Lord thinks. Remember, he's sovereign. Sovereign. He chose Aaron's rod above all the other rods. There wasn't a better person in the group. It wasn't because Aaron was best just who God chose. When the Philistines had possession of the Ark of the Covenant, they showed that they revered God by the way they treated this holy treasure. However, because of their limited knowledge, the Lord did not hold them to the same standards of the Israelites. When the Jews finally took back possession of the Ark, a man was killed because he did not obey God's instructions on how to transport it. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us that the Lord holds us responsible for what we have heard. This is a sobering thought because it does not matter if we believe what matters is that when we hear the truth, we are fully responsible for the truth, and we'll be judged accordingly. Well, let's join Pastor Mark with today's edition of Come Alive, from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 6. Then the golden rats, according to the number, verse 18, number of all the cities of the Philistines belonging to the five lords, both fortified cities, country villages, even as far as the large stone of Abel, on which they set the ark of the Lord. Which stone remains to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh? And then he struck the men of Beth Shemesh because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. He struck 50,070 men of the people, and the people lamented because the Lord had struck the people with a great slaughter. And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord, God? And whom shall it go up from us? So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kirjath, Jerem, saying, The Philistines have brought back the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up with you. And then the men of Kirjath-Jerim came and took the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill and consecrated Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. So it was that the ark remained there a long time. It was there twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord." So here we see that these people are very happy, they're stoked, they're excited, they found, the ark had found its way back home because of two cows. But note the serious problem with the religious people. Now we're going to pick on religious people, so to speak, or talk about them a little bit. And hopefully there's none here, and maybe if there is, then, hey, that's cool. Just today's a day of change. Today we expect the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our God, the one true God, to do a work to change us. So they did something they were not supposed to do. And every one of us could say, they looked into the ark. We know that. But that's not the only thing they did wrong. That's not the only thing. But, but note the serious problem with the religious people. They looked into the ark and they knew better. They knew better. I'm not sure how it happened, but anybody ever see Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark? 
when they open up the ark and that thing starts to swirl around in their faces. That is just so cool. I was trying to get that on uh, Netflix and trying to get it in time so Ace and I could watch it just so I could have a real cool visual and show him and kind of scare him. But hey, man, every time you mess up with God, your face is going to melt. But anyway, they look into the ark. They know better, right? They know better. And again, maybe their stuff faces did melt, but they knew not to do what they did do. They knew not to do that. And how many of us know not to do stuff? And yet, we do it. So God says, that's it, Beth Shemesh. And so we see here that a religious people, that's what they do. They walk according to rules, but not relationship. A religious person will walk according to rules and not a relationship. And when it comes to talk with God, it's a matter of terms, not truth. It's terms, not truth. When it comes to service, it's a matter of duty and not devotion. Remember, we talked about that a little while ago. And so when it comes to the sacrifice to God, it's obligation and not opportunity. See, sometimes we see this coming to church or reading our Bibles or praying with our wives and our family as an obligation, but not an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Sometimes we as Christians sit there and think, man, it's all about what I can't do when it's really all about what you can do. So here's this. A religious person has no real fear of God. They have a fear of man and what is thought of them. So if you have that fear, you come to church and you put on these things so people can see that I'm happy. I'm happy. I have no problems. I don't want anyone to know my problems. Then you might be a religious person. Write down Numbers chapter 4, verse 20. Numbers chapter 4, verse 20 if you're taking note. See, their Bible, our Bible, your Bible says, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't look into the ark, basically, is what Numbers chapter 4, verse 20 says. Don't look into it. But they've reasoned like this. Hey, this is not supposed to be on a cart. Because they know Beth Beth Shemesh is a priestly city. It's a city of priests. It talks about the Levites taking the cart down. So we know there's priests there. And they know this. And so they say, hey, this thing's not supposed to be on a cart. So they take it off of there. So they're probably assuming that, well, hey, since it's on a cart, been a few months since we've seen this thing. Let's just peek in there. And then Shlomo's face melts off and all these other people die. It's a bad day in Beth Shemesh. So they reason like this. Hey, this is not supposed to be on a cart, but since it isn't being handled correctly, we might as well check out the inside. Since, you know, for so long we've gone to a church that didn't handle things correctly. They didn't teach God's word, and we got to do whatever we wanted. We got to kind of live like the heathen we used to be, and it was kind of a cool church, so we'll go ahead and we'll do that. Once I'm convicted, once I know, I'm going to go ahead and continue to live the way I used to live when I was in the world. And then we wonder why. It feels like our faces are melting off. We wonder why we feel like we're dead. We wonder why our life stinks like we're dead. It's because we have handled things incorrectly. So, God kills them. But did the Philistines know this? Why didn't the Philistines get killed? you got to assume that they looked in it. I mean, think about it. Why wouldn't they? We just captured God. Let's see what's in the box. 
They lifted up, they probably looked in it. We don't read that they died. We don't read that they died. They just got hemorrhoids. See, we see God judge the Philistines according to their knowledge. They don't know a lot. They know some stuff, but not a lot. So God judges them according to their knowledge. But to the Israelites, the priests, well, he judges them according to their knowledge. I think even the Philistines knew better than to look into the ark. We don't read of it, but it makes us go, hmm, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know. I kind of think they did. On another part, I kind of think maybe they didn't. See, this is a priestly city that knows the law. They get judged because they know better. They know better. Just like when you first came to the Lord, he doesn't expect you to know what you know now. He kind of doesn't expect a whole lot from you because you have no idea of whatever it is. It goes back to when I first got saved, hey, there were certain things that I did back then that I thought was okay, and then as I grew, as I matured, those things went away. I was telling the guys this morning, I had a friend in California who's a pastor. When he first got saved, he thought it'd be cool, and he was convicted. You know, he'd he'd smoke weed. He's like, man, it made the Bible just kind of come alive. I could understand it. I got saved. I'd smoke some weed. Then he got convicted of that, and he quit smoking weed. He kept selling it, and he thought, I'll tithe from the profits. I mean, I'm making a lot of money. He didn't think anything was wrong with that, and he quit doing that. And then he, he, he kind of straightened up and he got to help out in some things around the church, some youth groups, but he still smoked cigarettes. So after church, he'd get to a certain point away from the church and he'd light up. And one day he said he was sitting at a red light and he saw some kids going, hey, look, there's, I'm not going to name them. And he said he saw them and his eyes got big and he was like, trying to wave the smoke away. And the light turned green, the van drove away, and he thought to himself, why am I trying to hide this if I don't think it's wrong? And it was like the Lord had convicted him of that, smoking. Is it wrong? I don't know. But you know what he says all the time? If you can't do it around the people you sit next to in church, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Well, I don't want to cause anyone to stumble. Then don't do it. So God judges us according to what we know. He's going to judge us according to what we know. You grow. You hear. You learn. It doesn't matter whether you believe it. Who cares if you believe it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It matters what the Lord thinks. Remember, he's sovereign. Sovereign. He chose Aaron's rod above all the other rods. There wasn't a better person in the group. It wasn't because Aaron was best. It's just who God chose. So you're responsible for what you know. Think about it. Even the cows obeyed God. I think all of us are a little bit above them, right? Some of you might be like, well, we're compared to sheep. And if anybody's been to a rodeo, you'll see why we're compared to sheep. Mutton busting and all that fun stuff. You're like, really? Those are not the smartest animals. When we're compared to sheep, I think it's not a cute thing. I think it's a dig at us. When you really think about what sheep do and how they act. So these cows even listened to God. They pulled the cart in an orderly manner. Never being yoked. Never been trained to do that. And they gave up their children a sacrifice for the Lord. God's saying when you know this truth and you walk according to the falsehood, i got to judge it. If you know this truth and you walk according to falsehood, i got to judge it. 
Remember, you, you will reap what you sow, and we don't sow in the same season when we reap. So we need passages like this to remind us that we should not play or take lightly or become too casual or too cavalier with the power and presence of God. So this is the passage, you know, I usually take people to when they want to talk about horoscopes or Ouija boards or psychics. I say, hey man, you're not free to look into that stuff. You're different. Those are dangerous things. So we tend as Christians to live according to the word. We need to live according to the word. We become a little too familiar sometimes, you know. We are casual here, and that's kind of a cool thing in the way we dress. Maybe even in appearance a little bit, we're a little casual, and that's okay. But please, as your pastor, as your friend, as somebody who loves you, I beg you, don't have a very casual attitude towards God in his presence. Look at 2 Samuel. We're going to turn there. 2 Samuel chapter 6. It's talking about David. It says, again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and he went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark on a new cart. They brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, and Uzzah and a Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ohio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord, all kinds of instruments of fir, wood, harp, stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God, took hold of it, For the oxen stumbled, then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. Twenty to twenty-five years later, they go to pick up the ark. Uh, We really never read about it anymore after verse 2 in 1 Samuel. So twenty to twenty-five years later pass. They go to get the ark. David kind of is like, hey man, let's go get it. We're going to go take it and put it where it needs to be. And so we might think, well, gosh, you know, this is kind of uncool here that God would do this, that God would kill this poor guy. I mean, it was about to slide out of the cart. It's a holy article. He just put his hand out to steady it, and he dies. It's not cool. But God, again, says it's not supposed to be on a cart. It needs to be carried with some poles by the Levites only. And then so many uh, paces, and then they're to give a sacrifice. And then so many paces, again, and it's, it's kind of like God saying, come on, guys, haven't you read First Chronicles? Haven't you read that chapter where it talks about how to handle this article? And as a new better, he was around priests. He knew better. And you might say, it's been 20 years. How long? You know, come on, people forget in 20 years. Well, then I would have to ask, well, how long has it been since you really took the Lord and his word serious. I mean, how how long? Because, I mean, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, is he going to change? And you might think, well, gosh, that's kind of harsh. See, we should never let worship, praise, and prayer just become something we do. We, We need to take it serious, knowing who you sing to. And then, prayer who you are bowed before and who you're speaking to see my god is a god of order 
and grace. And, and he has been so grateful to you that you're no longer a person of order, right? Maybe God's just been so grateful to you that you're no longer a person of order, but you're just relying upon his grace. And, and I've heard this. Maybe it's not his grace you, you, you're, you're relying upon anymore. Maybe it's your foolishness. Maybe it's the, well, you know, God to cover that. He's gracious. God to cover that. He's gracious. God to cover that sin. He's gracious. Really? He is gracious. But when was the last time you genuinely repented of your sins? Going to God and asking him to search your heart and saying, man, it was dumb. It was wrong. Not just saying grace of God is sufficient for that. Uzzah could have yelled that out, but he still would have died. He waved his hand. The grace of God is sufficient. Bam, look what happens. And then David gets upset. He gets mad. He doesn't understand. I'm angry with you, God. And David goes and he reads 2 Samuel 6, 9 through 11. Turn there and take a look at that. 2 Samuel 6, 9 through 11. We're still in 2 Samuel. Verse 6. It says, And when they came to Nacon, his threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand out, took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah. God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Okay, so right there, you, you have to think about this. Is like when you allow the power and the presence of God to abide in your home, just a quick side note, guess what happens? You do so in a sincere and a loving way, God's going to bless you. You're going to experience his blessing. Look at verse 12. Now it was told to King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went, and he brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when the bearing of the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. And then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod, the priestly clothes. I mean, this dude got so excited, he starts dancing and sweating probably, peeling off clothes, and he's just got the ephod on. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord, was shouting, and with the sound of the trumpet. Now was the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, and we see some great celebration takes place. So evidently he went back to read God's word. He looked up First Chronicles 15, verses 1 and 2, and 12 and 13, and figured, hey, yeah, This is the way we're supposed to do it. It's evident that he had to go back and do some research on how to get the ark, how to move the ark. They have forgotten. We as Christians sometimes stay away from God, stay away from his word, stay away from prayer, stay away from Christians so often that we tend to forget how he needs to be worshipped. And we take it in a very casual and a cavalier way. So as they do God's will, God's way, he begins to bless. What the ark was to Israel, Jesus Christ is to God's people today. What the ark is to Israel, Jesus Christ is to God's people today. And when he is given his rightful place of preeminence in our lives, when we hold him up as a holy, awesome, mighty God, as the one who saved us from from damnation, from the wrath of God, he will bless us and he will work on our behalf. He will work on our behalf. And the way he does it is sometimes saying, hey, don't go down that road. That's a bad road. 
Don't let your pride get in the way when you hear that, when you're like, well, I have freedom to do that. Well, yeah, you do. But what, where can that road lead? We do this by setting Jesus apart in our hearts as Lord. And this allows us to walk in confidence that God will help us because his presence is with us. If you look at, or just take note, Leviticus 10.3 tells us to treat God as holy when we come near. To treat God as holy when we come near. When do we come near God as Christians? Well, we do it corporately. Do we treat God as holy? Remember last week we talked about the attitude that people have and how Jesus departs from, from his own hometown when a few don't believe? Do we believe that God is going to do amazing stuff when we come to church? Don't get cavalier. Don't be religious. Don't be rebellious. You know, conviction will move into affliction if that happens. And we have to be careful. It won't be a blessing from the Lord you will get. You'll get a curse from the Lord. And sometimes we see that happening. People are like, man, I don't understand. Well, maybe you've done the wrong thing. See, if we aren't serious about doing it God's way, there's going to be, well, trouble. But if we are serious about doing it God's way, there's going to be great rejoicing. If we are serious, are we serious about the Lord? Uh, do we treat God as holy when we come near? When, when you have your quiet time and your phone goes off because of text message, do we pick it up real quick? and like, oh, yeah, cool. All right, sorry, Lord, back to prayer. And then another one or an email. Hold on, Lord, I'll be right there. Do we treat God as one of our children? Hey, stay out. Not now. No interruptions. I've got to check it out. Or do we treat him as holy? Does he have all of our attention? And so today, what I want us to do, just going forward with the challenge, go ask people, hey, what kind of Christian do you think I am? What kind of Christian do you think I am? Ask somebody. Don't ask your best friend that's going to be, oh, why are you asking? Hopefully they'll be truthful with you. Well, lately, I've seen you dodging. I've seen you running and hiding. Ask somebody that's not real familiar with you, somebody that knows you, and say, hey, did you know I was a Christian? And I guarantee you, the conversation that will open up, it'll be amazing. And maybe the Lord will speak through that non-believer the way he spoke through Balaam's donkey. If you can talk to a donkey, talk to a donkey, and he can move two cows in a certain direction, I think he can allow you to walk in a manner worthy of him. Pray and ask the Lord to show you. These verses are great verses for us to have, to live by, to walk by, to learn who we are, and to convict us. We're so glad you tuned in today to Pastor Mark's teaching here on Come Alive. Pastor Mark has been walking us through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, unlocking the blessings, truth, and love found within its verses. We know that reading God's Word can be difficult to squeeze into your schedule sometimes, so having something to listen to instead can help. With that in mind, we'd like to let you know about our Come Alive podcast. We've made Pastor Mark's messages available to you for free so that you can take them with you on the go, making hearing the Word so much more convenient. Search for Come Alive on iTunes or on Google Play and subscribe to have a notification sent to you as soon as we post new additions. Thanks again for tuning in today to Come Alive. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry and the church behind it, please visit us online at comealiveradio.com. If you're living in or near Katy, Texas, we'd also like to invite you to come see us in person at Calvary Chapel Katy. 
We are a laid-back group of Jesus followers, and we love inviting new people to come join us in seeking the Father and praising His name. Find service times and directions to our church when you visit our website, comealiveradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you continue to find Jesus through His Word and in everything you do. Join us next time for another in-depth look at the Bible, right here on Come Alive.